Hello and welcome to episode eight of If It Is To Be Said, a succession podcast. This episode is America Decides. It was a political heavy episode. I am very grateful to the person who DM'd me on Instagram saying, can't wait to see how you and Harry deal with the jargon in this episode because I get the feeling that you're going to struggle. I think you're absolutely right to be concerned. (laughs) I do think though, business in a way the business chat is harder to understand yeah. than the politics. Because I feel like the the gist of this and maybe the ironic titling of the episode, mm. America Decides, is just... But maybe this is the what business is like. You just make up what you want and then that happens. <laughs> <laughs> right? That seems to be the gist of this series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make up the numbers, make up the election, and you can just do it it seems. Yeah, you can just follow exactly, you can make what you want to happen. And I think that's the lesson we should all be taking from this is that we've all got power and it doesn't matter who you are, you can change the country if you want to. (laughs) (laughs) um, I'm interested to know, what's your like relationship with like American politics? Do you sort of follow it? Are you like familiar with their voting system? Are you familiar with like the general vibe of how it works well I did actually do my degree in politics did you so I know I, do I know about it maybe you know 80s <laughs> politics is more my thing right no, okay. I, you know what I don't I don't really fo- I think what their system is actually like e- quite easy to understand but I also mm. don't really follow it because it's quite depressing Right, 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 right. I, I stayed up for the 2008 election where Obama was uh, made mm-hmm. president because I was like, this is going to be history. Yeah. And that's the last time I really took notice was 2008. What were you, where were you for the Trump election? I was just asleep and I woke up and I was like, ah, oh, he bloody did it. <laughs> <laughs> you started, you went off celebrating, <laughs> put American yeah, flags I- outside your house. Look, maybe Trump could do a deal for us and then you support him. That That's basically the gist of this episode as well. You support yeah. who could do a deal for you. Yeah. I think I found it like a bit like... It wasn't it wasn't like difficult to follow, but I was like, oh, I, I don't really like follow US elections in the same way. The only one that I've been awake for was the Trump one. And that was because I went to a uni themed election night out at a nightclub where it was an it was the nightclub that everyone went on a Wednesday and on this Wednesday, whatever day it was, like they just had a um, a big screen showing the election just like underneath all the all the like I don't know cake by the ocean being played and there were like little flags around um and it was all like American themes and everyone was like oh this is so funny and then like throughout the night it just got really depressing and everyone just went home because everyone was like oh my god he's winning this is awful they were like Trump they were like those masks where they have like Trump and like Hillary with like the eyes cut out and at first everyone was like this is so fun and ironic and at the end Everyone was like, well, this is awful. Because <laughs> I feel like you cast your mind back to then and it was like, this just can't happen, mm. was the feeling. There's just no way this happens. Yeah, which I guess is what it felt like was trying to be implied with Mencken. That yeah. he was a very unserious threat as a candidate in this. But... um I mean, we'll get to this when we talk about him, but he doesn't come across as like goofy as Trump. 
Yeah, it's almost like... I feel like they shy away on Succession for doing to a director parallel. Yes. But, and, but this almost seems like it's Trump mixed with all these online guys. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe a more sort of what could come after Trump. Mm. I also have to say, this was the first... And I think it's good that it took this long, but it did kind of ruin some enjoyment of the episode for me. I did see a spoiler. This is the first F I saw a spoiler for. And it was oh, on Twitter. Wow. And it was someone saying, oh, of course, Mencken was gonna wi- is going to be crowned. And I was like, ah, I really hope that's something that is wrapped up within the first five minutes of the episode so I haven't seen a spoiler. No, it was, it was the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. But that's fine. And, and that's it, fine. It did feel like they could have gone... It's like, is Mencken... So are they doing Trump getting mm. elected for the first time or are they doing Biden? You know, you you don't really know where sure, what yeah, they're yeah, going to yeah. do. But yeah, they set it up. I think in the first, in the second scene, it was like Jimenez is winning. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, should we, should we go through... Well, I feel like it was a very complicated episode, like you said, with before we started recording with lots of short scenes. So let's just like go through the general vibe but I feel like there's a lot of flip-flopping in this episode there's a lot of like back and forth there's lots of like repetitive stuff so let's just let's just go gen general vibe wise yeah so Greg and Tom we open on and maybe they're a good start to talk about their sort of thing this ep which is classic Greg and Tom back together again yeah doing like basically a comedy double act but within the sort of scene of the most serious thing you can be which is like the election coverage yeah it's like the chuckle brothers are given the most important job it's insane like i think also what what we start on is tom saying that he hasn't had enough sleep and it's like oh for fuck's sake like that was my only hope between this episode and the previous episode was that Tom managed to get some sleep because he was tired in the last episode and that did not turn out well for him. And he's tired yeah. in this episode. And it's, it, look, I'm not saying that it would all be solved if he got his six hours, but he, he needs to get his head on that pillow soon. Yeah, I mean, he was up all night thinking about the argument with Shiv. We yeah. know that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and Greg just says, I'm feeling pretty good. And we learn uh, in a later scene that he was out with Matson and the Swedes. <laughs> and some of the stuff he says, um, I've got it. I've got it here. Uh, yeah, I danced with an old man. He didn't want to dance, but they made us dance. He was so confused. Oh, God, that is heartbreaking. (laughs) And I drank things that aren't normally drinks. Right. What do we think? What do we think is being counted as that? Could be blood. Could be blood. We know Matson and his history. Yeah. We know he's got bags of blood lying around ready to be whipped out for a shot game. Yeah. My instinct would be piss. Could be piss as well. I think they definitely left our imaginations to run <laughs> wild there. 
could be could be piss could be blood drank things that aren't normally drinks could be what like a sandwich could they have made him blend a sandwich and eat a sandwich they could that would be tame but it yeah. could be <laughs> imagine if that's the reveal of the final episode <laughs> i'd like it okay what uh, where what happens next i my notes but, are quite bad so i'm gonna let you lead this because my notes are just sort of thoughts i had every like five minutes so they're not very meticulous i i've got some but we also learn within this that greg knows about shiv and matson's business agreement mm. Right. So I think that is the key. It's like Greg is just classic Greg. It's like he's letting the Swedes bully and bully him. Yeah. To get this like nugget of info that he can use. Yeah. But I feel like it's not even he doesn't even like let them do it. He doesn't have any other choice. Like he is just like a punching bag that has to take it. But when people are like punching him for so long, eventually they let something slip and then he's able to like hook his claws in and (laughs) crawl his way back up the ladder. Like it's so, it feels like enough, it feels like nothing he does is like as calculated or intelligent as he wants it to be, but he just ends up kind of making the right plays by like luck and being in the right place at the right time. Yeah, I think he just knows to, if I'm here... I'll I'll some way weasel in like he he knows and I think the later scene where Tom first he wants him to get Greg him get him a coffee Mm. right he's like I want you Greg in for me today and spirals about how if Greg doesn't get him a coffee the world will end that is his spiral but then he wants Greg's cocaine yeah and Greg doesn't want to take the cocaine Right, but Tom makes him. But it does, I think that was a little scene where you realise, it's like, oh no, Greg isn't some like cokehead who loves going out and partying. Mm. He is doing it for personal gain. Like he's yeah, going out with Matson not for the enjoyment of going out with Matson and like doing all the drugs. He's going out and doing the coke with them so yeah, they he, he forget cocaine, that yeah. he's not just they just see him as a random guy who they can just say anything to that's such a good observation yeah because he said he doesn't want to do it and he's like i don't want to get addicted and it's like he's only done it once but he still has some it's like he knows that like socially people will probably see him as like less of a weird guy if he has some and more of like a person they can like trust yeah and they do it tom makes him do it and then it just has sort of no use it seems like (laughs) well he stayed awake but he also says it's medically good for your brain which i just (laughs) think is (laughs) (laughs) which is great um so that's kind of tom and greg for the first half of the app Mm. um and then it's kendall Shiv and Roman yeah just doing their maneuvering and this is where it's sort of a lot of back and forth that is a little bit repetitive but Mm. in a good way which is classic succession they Roman wants Menkin Shiv wants Jimenez Kendall's just remembered he has a daughter so is in a fugue state for the entire episode yeah it's like Kendall 
is torn, but I think really, and we get by the end of the episode, he wants Menkin because he cares more about the deal mm. than... But he does, in, in the sort of f- one of the first scenes, Roman gets summoned by Menkin mm. and Kendall's like, oh, shall I come? And it's like, no, it's just a one guy thing. So then Kendall calls Jimenez yeah. or calls Nate to get him on with Jimenez and is kind of trying to make his own deal and just yeah. even just get something from Jimenez and Jimenez just is not interested. Yeah, it feels like, so Roman's kind of, in this episode, after like free-falling for the last few episodes we've seen, the kind of the series, like he's kind of found someone to latch onto. Like he's yeah. lost Jerry, he's lost his dad, he's kind of lost Kendall a little bit as well. And so he's like, okay, well, this is this is my guy now. And he's like, he can be in his pocket and by also having that link it's not it's like a very powerful link to have so it like suddenly puts him in this quite powerful position and it's the first time I think like we've seen like Roman just be consistent for like a whole episode he's like this is the same I'm not changing at all like he doesn't seem to have like any um even moments of doubt or like fluctuation on what he thinks he's just so dismissive of Shiv and Kendall and like it it feels like it's the result of everything that's happened so far, which is obviously how um, plots work. <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, this isn't about, this isn't just about this deal. Like, it feels like it's about the fact that like, he has no one else. So he wants to be Menken's guy, I think. Yeah. And that, that kind of sureness helps him this episode and he's mm. just all in. And it is just every episode where you're like, oh, Roman's in free fall. Shiv has got her deal. Kendall's doing good. You feel, and then it just twists. Ne- this episode, Roman's on top. Shiv is showing her classic signs of what has let her down in the past. Mm. Kendall's losing grip a little bit and feels left out of the Menkin thing. And he even confides in Shiv that he's jealous and of their relationship. Yeah, well, I think also we, we see that phone call where he sent a car to follow Rava and his daughter Sophie, um, which is obviously the way every father shows his love for his daughter. My car is outside right now. Um, but like, I think in that one glimpse, the, the, the girl who's playing Sophie you just see her eyes for, I would say a split second. And in her eyes, that actor manages to convey like, I am so fucking done with my dad. Like that is, she is going to be in therapy for, I would say the entirety of her twenties, at least to undo it. And do you get the sense of like, just how kind of um, confused Kendall is about what a relationship with a child looks like? Because he's like, tell tell her I love her. But he doesn't say, put me on the phone to her. It's like he can't do the direct thing, probably because he's like embarrassed about the fact that he actually thinks he is an awful father. Um, He can't quite confront it. Yeah, it's like he... I feel like Logan truly believed the sort of the lie that he did everything for his kids. Mm. He just believed that 
even though it so obviously wasn't true, inside of him, he just believed it. Whereas Kendall is saying that, but I think inside knows that that isn't true. And he's trying to convince himself that that's true in the same way Logan felt it, because it would just make it easier. And I think that's why it was so easy for Logan, because he was just like, I, everything I do, I do it for my kids. And all the evidence suggests otherwise, but it doesn't matter. That's just what he believes. And it's yeah. fine. And it's, um, I think the thing with Kendall is that everything he's doing, he is doing for his inner kid. That's my new wow. take that I just came up with. Because he, But he's like, oh, it's for my kids, but actually it is for like the little boy version of him who's, he's still, he's not solved, with, he's not solved his relationship with his dad, so he can't do the right thing for his child because he's still stuck in that place. Um, but I think it's interesting, you see him in this episode like, I think he becomes the most open version of himself that we've seen. I would say bar maybe the episode where he's crying to his siblings about killing that guy. Um, Yeah. But it seems like the phone call with Rava, it does start to tap into that complex he might have about fatherhood. But I think with all of the characters in this episode who are conflicted, but I think mostly Tom and Shiv, not Tom, um, Shiv and Kendall is like, they've got, they're trying to balance their like personal skin in the game yeah. versus like a bigger picture. And neither of them acknowledge that. Like they're always kind of pretending that it's one thing rather than just being like, yeah, look, it's kind of complicated for me. Um, so that's why I think there's so much like, it's like miscommunication. It's difficult because it's like, it, I think it's like, you know it's very normal that when you're having a when you're in a situation there are going to be multiple things that motivate you but I think their problem is is that they're always like well it's just this one thing and it's like just just talk to I just it does seem like Kendall was maybe trying to say to Shiv look I'm just trying to be the CEO on my own he says Mm. that he kind of says that but maybe we can still do the sibling thing. He says something like that. Yeah. And I think he tried to, and we've seen that kind of honesty in, say, Connor and Willa's relationship Mm. that has helped them, where everyone's kind of upfront about what they want. And it seemed like Kendall was kind of being like, hey, we're going to go to battle with each other, but also we could just be honest and then maybe not screw each other he doesn't really say it in the best possible way and then I think Shiv is just not in a the right place this episode to be making big decisions yeah I think she sort of fumbles so many decisions and goes back to her classic Shiv overconfidence um yeah she plays all the wrong moves and like is so she basically like hoards all her information and like like keep she basically um what's the thing that like tom says when he's like oh you're 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 keeping all your options open she like tries to keep all her options open too much and then it just gets thrown back in her face um yeah because she so we early on she talks to matson so mm. it's like okay she knows about the indian numbers but she's still very much working with matson here yeah and then she learns about greg that greg knows Mm mm-hmm and I just wanted to say, I found it very alarming when Matson stirred his drink with his finger. 
when he like puts his finger in the ice and starts swirling it around, I was like, and he's in, he's by himself in that moment. Yeah. So it's like, he is not doing this for show. He is just freaky as hell. Yeah. He's a freak. <laughs> and Shiv fully knows he's a freak and is just still working with him. And I do think it is as well because the Jimenez getting in mm-hmm. aligns with her deal with Matson. And I think yeah. it's easier for her to then she can just say it's for democracy, it's for America, but it also aligns with mm-hmm her view so maybe that's a little bit why but I mean yeah Madsen I'm not sure he's the horse to be back in now yeah but she so we also with Shiv we get the conversation with Tom what did you make of that well I I really recognize this instinct in Shiv which I think is like so she she goes to apologize to him and I think you know it's, I don't think it's either just for personal reasons or just emotional reasons. Like it feels like it is a mix of the two and it would be unrealistic to expect otherwise. Like it feels like she's sort of gone for practical reasons, but also maybe she actually as a person can't quite hold that conversation that they've had last night. Um, And so she tries to initiate a sort of olive branch, but you just look at him and you see like that this man is done like this man is exhausted he has nothing left in the tank to go again um and then i think that's that's why she finally does the pregnancy reveals because she's like i'm getting like nothing out of him and uh, and she's also just like fuck i think i have to i i have to say this it's getting too much but i don't know like to me this just reminded me of like in any relationship I've been in, if it's like a significant occasion, like maybe we're, or not even significant occasion, but if it's like something's about to happen, like we're about to go out or like go to a dinner or something. And then I'll be like, "Mm, I'm going to start an argument now. (laughs) (laughs) That impulse of just being like, oh, I kind of know, maybe it's also like, I kind of know this is a bad time. So like, we won't be able to talk about it properly. Like we will just have to get, get, carry on with whatever we're doing. So it can't turn into like a massive argument. But I do think there's like a little bit of a um, destructive impulse that some people in relationships have of like, "Uh, I think I'm going to do this at the worst possible time just to make everything more difficult. And that's kind of what she does. Yeah, and I think that is also why Tom is... He's just sort of so focused on this. And Mm. this is so big for him that he's... I feel like he's almost like, why? Like, I am not even going to give you one inch of what you want because you've pulled me aside now. And when she reveals the pregnancy, he says, is that even true or is that a new position or a tactic? Which is so savage, but then again, watching it back, it kind of is, you know? It's like, oh, now she's known for this whole series and she hasn't said anything. And it's like, now she tells him. Yeah. She tells him now as her new is like, okay, everything else I've tried hasn't worked. Now I'm going to do this. Yeah, exactly. And do you think, do you think he like, says that to be mean or do you think he genuinely isn't sure whether she's pregnant 
I think he's not in the headspace to deal with this now. Yeah. So is just in denial. Even mm. I think he's just like not wanting to deal with this now. So he kind of says that as an excuse to put it to the side. Maybe yeah. this isn't even true. You see his face. This is a big thing for him. Mm-hmm. And he's just not ready to think about it now. Yeah, and I think it's almost like a bit defensive, isn't it? Because it's, he, it's, yeah. he's like had this information launched on him. So he kind of has to like put his guard up and, and he's defending himself of being like, oh, I don't, I don't even know if I can believe you. Plus the time you've launched this on me is not good. Like it feels like it's, yeah, it's just like a very vulnerable moment for him or like it could have been, but because he kind of spikes out a little bit, but in a way where it's like, it doesn't feel just like a barbed comment. Like it feels like it comes from a place of truth where it's kind of like you see Shiv's reaction and she's so hurt by it, but you think like, that's actually like the most accurate comment he could have made. And it's like very legitimate. And maybe that's why it hurts her most is because deep down there's a part of her that does know that it kind of is. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and carrying on with Shiv, she um, she then takes Greg aside. Yeah. Which is such a mad scene. She says, do you find me attractive, Gregory? Oh, God. I, for a second, was worried that she was going to try and, like, fuck him to, like, get a reaction out of Tom. She was just trying to sort of... Ag- aggressively make him uncomfortable but it was a classic greg response of i don't think of things such as that (laughs) why does whenever he gets like awkward (laughs) does he turn into like a sort of faux shakespearean character it's so good that's going to be our next podcast title i don't think of things such as that (laughs) i.e alan ruck's name (laughs) um yeah if we had time to do a sort of corrections segment of where we got things wrong, it would be called I don't think it's such as that. <laughs> we wouldn't have time. There would be not enough time in the world to do a correction segment like that. <laughs> but this is where I think Shiv is just this is just classic Shiv making mistakes. Mm-hmm. She just doesn't understand when someone has some power. Yeah. And just threatens that she'll kill him. Like, yeah. that's a real threat. And he's, again, w- watching this again, knowing how it ends up. I think he his face is a bit confused. Like, what, well, you're actually just threatening to kill me? Like, come on, offer me something here. I've got the juice. Yeah, she's relying on like being able to sort of use her talk and her status but actually she's kind of like failed to realize that Greg kind of has moved up the ranks a little bit like he has got like you say more power and he has got different connections and so she can't really just like palm him off with one of these like random like slightly Logan-esque comments about about killing him um yeah and I also think she doesn't realise, like, she maybe in her, like, sort of narcissism is like, well, obviously, because I've said this, this will be the most important thing he hears. But she somehow fails to recognise that he's had a relationship with Tom 
and Kendall now for so yeah. long. Like, obviously, she is not going to be top in his priorities list, but she thinks that she's scary enough. And it's like, you know, that's not really going to work. Yeah. And you could just offer him something like. Yeah. He would that's take the thing. so little. <laughs> Logan always knew when someone had the juice. Like when he, uh, even Greg, when he invites Greg over and is like going to make him an offer. Yeah. With the classic where he asks for a rum and coke from Logan's <laughs> drinks cabinet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, it's, I think in this in this episode with Shiv and with Roman, you both see them stuck in this trap of like, I'm trying to do what my version of my dad would do, but both of them are lacking like a really crucial component to do that because they're not him. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, now I think we've we've talked about all the fun people stuff now maybe we get into the politics okay the old politics of it uh we got a new character the old peru start a coup down in old peru we uh (laughs) yeah darwin (laughs) which is just i don't know such a funny character because it's just you know it's a one-off that is just very succession he's like the election guy is that what your politics um, degree told you? He's the election guy. Yeah, I could be him, you know. <laughs> you just call it for someone. This is the thing that it took me a while to understand and I had to ask a group chat that I'm in of like, what is the significance of calling it? Because that confused me because I was like, well, surely the votes are the votes no matter what. But I didn't really get that like calling it has its own sort of power in itself. Is that something you understood? Yeah, so I guess calling it is like, oh, the vote, enough votes are in- counted now that the we know the result. Mm. And there's still more votes to be counted, but the result is can't be affected because enough votes have been counted. And everyone wants to be first to call a state because it's, you know, the competitive news. So it's trying to do it as early as possible is a thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah so with the West Wisconsin fire I feel like they've created their own situation that maybe pulls from real life but is also mm-hmm. loose enough and made up enough that they can kind of m- make it work for the plot they want to do which yeah. is about them calling an election that isn't really over and calling it has so much power because it seems like whatever's going to happen in Wisconsin is going to be some long legal battle. Right. So if there's a winner that everyone accepts is the winner because the news channels are saying it, that would have so much influence in just what what people think of the election. And it's hard to get an election overturned. If everyone thinks someone's the winner, mm-hmm. then they kind of are and an extended legal battle it's going to be hard to undo that. You okay, know? okay. We, we almost saw the reverse with Trump. It's like trying to... I think the Democrats knew with Trump that no matter how much he doesn't concede and his supporters, if we just get the person in the White House, there's no way you can overturn it. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's just no way. 
So I think that, that was mad. the that was the kind of feeling behind it. Like calling it is just like a big thing for him to do his victory speech, and it just adds fuel to the fire. And there's obviously the risk that they discuss that the courts do overturn it and they look stupid, but they've gone all in on Menken. Yeah, and it's kind of throughout the episode we see the like responsibility of who's gonna call it shift because like it seems like it's darwin's darwin has like well darwin i don't think ever feels like he actually has the power but i feel like as a person watching you're like oh i want him to be doing it he seems like the only one who can be trusted here and he also just has the vibe like that actor is perfect casting so i was like he has the vibe of a data guy and he has the vibe of a data guy that I trust. Um, and yeah. I really liked him. <laughs> yeah, and I think it is... One thing I thought of this episode and you hear them mention Logan, what Logan would do. This really is a situation and I think maybe as the episodes go from Logan's death where it is so hard to think about what Logan would have done here. Yeah. Because in su- I see some people saying he respected the process enough and he had his mm. rules of like no brass on the floor, which again, I think maybe could come back later. Mm. But then he also did do what he wanted, as Roman said. And it is ha- it's just hard to know what he would have done here. Yeah, but and it also feels like they need to stop trying to figure out what Logan would have done because when they do it doesn't work because they don't have all his skills. So I don't know. Like it feels like, so it goes from Darwin and then it's Tom. It feels like the whole episode for Tom is that Tom's like, I'm, I, it's going to be my call. Like, this is my big day. I don't want to fuck this up. And then towards the end, it's actually like, it's the siblings who are telling what Tom, what to do. He's coming in and out of the boardroom. They're having the discussion. It's being fed back to Tom. Then it like gets passed along to Greg. And then it goes like, it's like, I think as soon as they, as soon as it starts to sink in, like what the decision is, people start to kind of like Tom maybe starts to back away from it a little bit, or he's just tired. I don't know. Yeah, because I think it's it's a big decision, and I do think if you're Tom here, you're gonna. I just think the kids constantly being on the newsroom floor where. Logan never was Mm. and it being sort of a chaotic environment if that got leaked and then with calling the Menken victory it I think it could be bad for the kids and it could be like oh Logan's not here in the first election they're running wild they're influencing the news like I think Logan influenced things but he made it seem like he had these standards yeah that's so true and they didn't even care about making it seem like they weren't meddling. Yeah, and it's interesting because, like, like Tom, we don't actually... I, I don't know where Tom stands politically, right? I guess he's probably more leaning towards Menken out of those two, but, like, it seems like Menken is a very extreme option and Tom doesn't seem like a very extreme... Like, Tom seems like he's probably more aligned with Kendall than Shiv or um, Roman, but 
Like, yeah, just like a normal Republican who's not like a sort of fascist. Yeah, but it feels like his whole thing is basically just like, I want to do a good job at my job today, like out of the context of politics. And then at the end, like that little glimpse we see of the TV screen where he's like, oh, that's quite harsh about him fucking up. And it's like, yeah. he doesn't he doesn't kind of even succeed at the one thing that he wanted to do. Yeah, it seems like his priority is more doing, in a way, what Logan would have done, which is just make a sort of juicy, salacious election coverage about voter suppression and appealing to their base viewers who are just like, you know, middle America Mm -hmm. conservatives who want that sort of thing, you know. And he seems like he kind of knows what he's doing in that way. Yeah. Rather than the big overarching decisions of calling it early for Mencken and, you know, trying to get favours from the these, you know, pre- future presidents. Yeah, I think, I don't know, I thought those scenes in the, when they're all having the discussion, I guess, so we spoke a little bit about Kendall pulling, pulling Shiv for a chat to borrow a Love <laughs> Island term, yeah. which is basically what he does. Um and you go back in and, like, Roman... The, I don't know, I guess things just play out in a way that Kendall ends up finding out that Shiv has been playing for both teams and not in the fun bisexual way. Yeah. And I think at that point, like, you... Jeremy Strong does such a good moment of acting where you can like just see in his eyes that he's like about to betray her. Like he's about to go back with Roman. And I think when Tom kind of comes into those moments, he, I think he can probably tell that there's something going on, but I think he also knows that like, I don't know. I I feel that moment when Kendall snaps at him, when he, when he says, Shiv, you're being like a little unhinged. Yeah. um, Which is a word like those kind of sexist words are like quite heavy in the episode um which i don't know like what the choice was there but like she she i don't know it feels like it's like a very like catty thing of like this is the last resort of like how to stop a woman talking and like the stuff she's saying is like kind of fair enough you know um but when kendall goes like, don't talk to my sister. No, what does he say? He says, maybe like he says, watch it or something. But he's like holding his yeah. phone and like pointing. Yeah, and him. I think it it is a bit of a sort of, yeah, we're now against Shiv business-wise, but also we're not all teaming up at, and taking jabs at her, Tom. You know, that was almost yeah. it. It was like, yeah, you, you still... You know, get back in your box, Tom, was the the feeling of that. It's funny to see them, to see Kendall at least have those, like, kind of brotherly instincts. Yeah. Because it, it does, I guess it that sort of seeing those moments does make it feel more plausible that he is worried about his daughter and his actions. Like, he needs to, Shiv kind of makes like almost a good play when she calls him a good guy and she's like you're one of the good guys i think she overdoes it like a bit too much and then that starts to make it a bit shaky but like i think kendall does need to hear that and that that would in theory kind of work for him but like shiv is like such a bad liar 
Yeah. Like she is not good in those moments. And it just is so transparent that she's yeah. not fully connecting to him. And then when sort of Kendall gets wind of it and then goes out and speaks to Greg, mm-hmm. when Greg walks past, he just sort of like grins at Shiv. Yeah, he goes a bit like, it's it's unclear. It's basically like you offered me nothing. Like yeah. what what what's what did you expect here? Yeah. And I think when when Kendall comes back in after that and starts to question her and Shiv starts to flounder and like Roman, the look in Roman's eyes is like he cannot believe his luck that this has happened. Like Shiv has hoisted by been hoisted by her own petard. Um and Kendall, it feels like Kendall is so motivated then by the feeling of like Shiv has been lying to me. I tried to be open with Shiv and Shiv's lied to me. Plus, um, she's been going behind my back, blah, blah, blah. That he's like, well, I will go with Roman now because like Roman actually hasn't like been betraying him in the same way. Like, I think it feels like from a sort of sibling perspective, like that's like, that's basically like a red card. And he's like, this is it. I can't, I can't be with you. Yeah, because it is going back to the early point. It does seem like in a way Kendall has resolved the kind of internal thing of I love my siblings but I want to be number one. Mm. And it's like, he wants them to just sort of duke it out and he thinks he'll win. Whereas Shiv is like, yeah, but I'm not in a good position now. You're two co-CEOs. So I need to go behind your backs and make my own deal. So it it is just, yeah. I mean, what's going to happen? I don't know. What is going to happen? There's only two episodes (laughs) left. I know there's two fucking episodes left and I'm on holiday for one of them. And that's the last one. That is the that's worst time I could have booked a holiday. That's fine. You can just watch it. Where are you going? Budapest. Ooh. Yeah. Home of home of succession <laughs> fans. Home of, you, maybe you'll see uh, Connor there. Yeah. Maybe the they'll embassy. be. <laughs> maybe they'll be screening it in a pub. That would be good if they did like succession. F- finale screening in a pub actually no that'd be awful that would be so unbearable yeah you you want you want a calm environment i think the next episode is going to be the funeral because because it yeah. ends with kendall saying oh no it doesn't end with or maybe it ends, anyway at some point kendall says i'll see you tomorrow at the funeral to rather oh it's when he's asking if he can come over and see his daughter at the end and then he yeah. says at the end like some people just can't cut a deal and what is the name? When he said that name, me and Will had to rewind it and put subtitles on because we couldn't understand what he was saying. So we were like, who is this character? And then we Googled it and we were like, oh, that's his driver. What did he say? Well, at the end, he's like, some people can't cut a deal. Let me let me look it up. Some people... This is, this is the sort of stuff we're going to be getting bad reviews for. This is Alan Ruck 2.0. Thickret. Okay. He goes, some people just can't cut a deal, Fickret. Okay. And we were like, Fickret? What is that? For, is that like a contraction of like for regret? <laughs> what does that mean? 
Man, what is it? The thing is, the funeral, I feel like everyone's going to be there. We're going to get all the characters, you mm. know. Their mum will be there. Marsha yeah. will be there. Kerry, um, hopefully, there crying, dropping ooh. a bag on the floor. Um, the old... Uh, see, this is another name. Forget his... Uh, Logan's security guy. Oh, yeah, whatever. The guy with the jeans at the funeral. One thing we probably should give like a courtesy um, nod to is Connor's storyline during this episode. He goes yeah. from losing Kentucky, despite, as Willa prompts him, the Schrodinger's cat yeah. idea of not knowing how many votes you have. Um, which is, you know, it's a shame that he's not president because I think he wouldn't really be. It would mostly be Willa. It would actually be Willa sort of puppeteering him. It'd be Willa and that old guy who is like one of the pierces that he calls his uh, intellectual heft. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I just think Connor, Connor, I felt like really stole the show with the line, it just makes the election so much more interesting when you're in it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like that's... When he starts to realise that he's got nothing, it's like, well, it's worth it because it's more interesting because I'm in it. It's like, oh my God, Connor, we were backing you. And then they also show quite a lot of his sort of speech conceding Mm -hmm. that is just all over the place and completely deranged. And it reminds you that Connor's an idiot. Yeah, and uh, it's like, it was very very unimportant in the grand scale of things but I think you know you know like he seems to turn it like inwards or like he doesn't like lash out like he doesn't like lash out at Willow he doesn't lash out anyone there he just says like alas Kentucky alas Vanatu it's like sort of what was he on about now (laughs) and Roman does also get him the deal back for being the ambassador I feel like that is Roman kind of being nice to him and mm-hmm. just being like, come on, man, can give him Slovenia. Yeah, yeah. And um, Willa consoles herself with the idea of lunch in Vienna and dinner in... Breakfast in Vienna, lunch in Venice. Yeah. And, yeah, it's it's good stuff, I, I have to say. I like... Connor is... Connor, when you see that speech, you're like, oh, he's kind of, like, deranged, the speech where he concedes. And then when you see Menken's winning speech, it's like oh, this is like a much, it's not like, I feel like Connor is almost more aligned to Trump in the way that he speaks because he like doesn't make any sense and it's kind of like all a bit weird yeah. and like based on nothing. But like Menken is slightly more like sinister than that. He's like definitely it. more, he's like a step past Trump of like full on fascist. Like just even like the look of him and the way he talks, it's like, yeah, this is like, this is fascism this is not some not some sort of wacky cult of personality of trump this is the next one along you know it's interesting that you say that even the way he looks is fascist because my note as you can see here is menken he is sexy (laughs) (laughs) yeah but that's fascism (laughs) he's a silver fox yeah and, he knows- and he's very tall as well because him and Roman, they always yeah. stand really close to each other and talk. And Roman is very small and Mankin is very tall. Yeah. 
Well, oh, also, do you know that scene on the floor when they're on the ATN news floor and Greg is trying to sort of herd Shiv, Kendall yeah. and Roman around and he looks like an actual giant. Yeah. I was like, the perspective on this feels off, but I feel like, I was like, how has he never seemed this tall around them? He looks so silly. <laughs> I think that is a decision, though. Because in yeah. you know succession, they think of everything. Tom and Greg are always, like, so much taller than the kids. And, like, mm. Matson's really tall. Menken's tall, tall. And, like, look, I'm just freeballing here. Yeah. But in an earlier series, Logan talks about, like, old America as, like, they were giants. And now, like, mm. he sees his kids as just you know not these self-made men where it's like all the self-made people maybe greg isn't one of them really mm. but they're tall whereas like the kids yeah. and the kind of inherited wealth are all short yeah hey yeah. look that could not stack up if you look into it but i'm saying it. i think it's true i think it's true and i think it's true of um all life is that anyone who's tall is self-made and anyone who's short is inherited wealth. Old money and new money. Which is, you know... Yeah, let's just go along with it. Yeah, let's just leave that as our, as our swan song point for this episode. If we've learned anything from Succession, it's you say something and then it is. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, thank you for listening, everyone. Um... See you next time for episode nine. Bye. Bye.